everybody. Welcome to the Escalator to Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I'm Lauren Dink. And we are one, two, three, four episodes into the second season. So we have come to the episode titled, Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes on Every Fish. A playoff of a Herbert campaign. Hoover yeah, campaign. Yeah, Herbert, Herbert Hoover campaign. Yeah. I um, don't know what his actual campaign slogan was. I but... believe it was a car in every garage and a chicken in every pot. Oh, okay. You know how I know that? Because uh, from Annie. Because I was in Annie <laughs> when I was in sixth grade. That's right. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So if you've ever seen Annie, um, I don't know if, I guess it's in the movie, the song. We like to thank you, Herbert Hoover. I don't know. Uh, but it's in the it was in the, the version of the play that I did, and so the lines go, uh, we'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover, for really showing us the way. We'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover. You made us what we are today. Prosperity was around the corner, a cozy cottage built for two. In this blue heaven that you gave us, yes, we're turning blue. Uh, and later on, it they say... Uh, uh, they pr- something to the effect of, I don't remember the lines exactly, uh, promised us a chicken in every pot. He said, not only don't we have the chicken, we ain't got the pot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which uh, turns out to be the truth for the Hoover presidency. So, well, yep. mm, about that. Uh, so, uh, we are going to get started with, in our usual way. So, we are, uh, once again, uh, two cars for every... I mean, sorry. Yeah, two cars for every garage, three eyes for every fish. Caitlin's got the specs for us. I would just like to say that uh, Herbert Hoover's terms, term of office as president was March 4th, 1929 to March 4th, 1933. And the stock market crashed on what? October 29th, 1929. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. So what what were you getting at is that it wasn't really his fault. <laughs> well, what I'm what I'm getting at is that the Great Depression started during his presidency. So, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, let's keep rolling. Okay. All right. Season two, episode four: Two cars in every garage and three eyes on every fish. Originally aired on November first, nineteen ninety. It was written by Sam Simon and John Schwartzwelder. Directed by Wes Archer. Production code seven F zero one. Hmm. So this was the one that would have been in place of Bart gets an F. Yes. Okay. Correct. I felt that. <laughs> but we can talk oh. about that as oh, we okay. go along. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, I have the wiki open over here. So I'm going to read the synopsis for yes. the episode. Uh, Bart catches a three-eyed fish named Blinky in the river by the power plant, and it makes headlines. State nuclear inspectors find numerous safety violations and order Mr. Burns to fix them, or else the plant will be closed down. Burns plans to run for, to run for governor so that he can pass laws that will keep the plant open by doing away with the regulations which are costing him so much money. So we have uh, a little a little bit of an ancient political trope uh, storyline going on here. Um, yeah. So we'll get started with the opening of the show, which of course is the the credits. The credits. Yeah. The opening the opening credits. So. Everything looks the same to me as it has thus yeah. far. Uh, Bart did in his uh, in the chalkboard gag uh, mention, or excuse me, he writes, "I will not xerox my xerox my own butt." Right. Uh, and when I read that, I said to myself, "Do people still say xerox when they're going to make a copy of something?" <sighs> I don't. I don't think I do. Like if I mean, like I'm, I'm, I just say I'm I need nearly, to make a copy. Right. I'm nearly forty, and if somebody were to say to me. Can you Xerox this? 
I would understand that. Yeah. But like that doesn't seem to have held on the same way that say like get me a Kleenex has. Right. So when I was a kid, we would uh, the teachers would say ditto. I'm gonna ditto this. Oh really? Because we had a literal ditto machine, which is like an early version of a Xerox machine. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, I think I knew that because it, because my mom was a teacher and I uh-huh. like helped her and helped her make dittos and copies. Does it? What, what does it look the same? What, what I is that? no. What I remember was is that there was like this container of liquid that you would dump upside down uh-huh. onto this machine, and there was like a roller, and it didn't print in black; it printed in like a purple. Oh. So I think it was some sort of carbon say, copy yeah. situation. I don't uh-huh. know for sure, uh, but yeah, that would be that was a term that was thrown around when I was a little kid, little, little kid, like elementary school. Uh, no doubt. It's something very similar to like CCing somebody. Like I think. Most oh yeah. People, well the, a carbon, co- that's what CC stands for. A carbon copy. Right. That's so, what I'm saying is yeah. that, like people younger than us probably don't understand oh, what, yeah, yeah. what CC means or what it was. Right. Um, so anyways, yeah. So, uh, the, something that came up here on the wiki, um, which I think is really pretty interesting. I don't think I've seen this before. Is it says the chalkboard gag is I will not Xerox my own butt, mm-hmm. or it's potato spelled with no e, not potato <laughs> spelled with an e, uh, to honor Dan Quayle. And sometimes it says there's no chalkboard. So I guess hmm. depending on where it's running, uh, the the time frame maybe would be the difference in that. I don't know how the two different gags would play out because it's just a like a you know a pan shot in through the window every time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry, I'm reading up on the um, the Ditto machine, uh-huh. which apparently the official name is called a Spirit Duplicator, also no. called a Rexograph a Ditto machine, a Banda machine, invented in 1923 by Wilhelm Ritzerfeld. Oh, Ritzerfeld. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be Wilhelm. <laughs> Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Yeah. So you're. So what you're saying is that when you were younger in the 80s, the late 80s, yeah. early 90s, the school where you lived still using a machine that was <laughs> invented, invented in the in 1930s. Pretty much. <laughs> um, we'll have to ask my mom about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's some pictures of them. That's what I remember. So we will post a picture on the on the Instagram post so that you can take a look at it. Yeah. Um, and hey, while we're at it, I'll dig up a picture of me from Annie in seventh in a uh, sixth or seventh grade. Uh, oh, I know where that is. It's it's on my Facebook. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that the picture that you see in Annie is obviously it's definitely obviously not going to be a picture of me in the Hooverville, even though I was in that song. It's a picture of me as Drake, the butler. Yeah, um, he's very fancy, guys. Get ready. Oh man, I look. I definitely look like seventh grade Robert. In yeah, this you do. Picture. <laughs> Bowl cut and all. <laughs> That's right. So we come into the opening so- uh, opening shot, opening scene in the episode. And in this opening scene, we get a very Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn sort of feel. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Bart and Lisa are fishing. <laughs> you want to know what I wrote down? What's that? So Bart and Lisa are fishing. What? WTF. Oh. Seems very out of character, out of nowhere. Well, you know, it does kind of seem out of character, but Bart will go fishing a lot throughout the series. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he will definitely do it. What I wrote down, um, as, the, as the shot is panning down from the sky to the lake or the river, uh, what you see on the trees 
is significant if we are saying that Springfield is in Oregon. Did you see what was in the trees? Uh-uh. Spanish moss. Oh, really? There's definitely Spanish moss in the trees. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> They're in Savannah this whole time? <laughs> That's right. Oh, They're, no. They're down in South Georgia, North Florida. Yeah. Or uh, pretty much anywhere in the deep southeast. Um, New Orleans. <laughs> per- flawless. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I, I... that. I, obviously, all of that was added for the effect of the opening scene of them two sitting with their makeshift fishing poles. Yeah, uh, and um, there was also like some new, uh, like incidental music playing. There was like a very peppy version. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't. A uh, peppy version of the theme song, kind of like you know background music, mm-hmm. uh, kind of to introduce the scene, more along the lines of an '80s sitcom. Oh, huh? Yeah. I I did not notice. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, right. the man that uh, there is, though, as, as they're fishing there, a man walks up mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, he it gives a distinct impression of of just a traveling man. Uh, he says he's an investigative reporter. Mm-hmm. And Bart utters what I think the Simpsons creators assumed would become like his real catchphrase. He says, my name is blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, I'm Who the inv- hell are you? No, no, no. Oh. The, the man says, uh, I'm this man, investigative reporter. Dave Shutton. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then Bart says, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I remember being on like some merchandise and I d- definitely remember some people being appalled by it. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things I picked up on the wiki uh, is that this is now in these um, syndication days. This is the first episode in the series to be rated a TV 14. Oh. Which is wild. And I was like, why? And then I... Uh, it's probably because of the hell that Bart says, well, who the hell are you? That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's rated TV 14 for the strong political undertones. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> God. Um, so anyways, as they're standing there fishing, um, it, it is revealed, first of all, that Bart is using worms, and Lisa... Lisa's just, using nothing. Yeah, she enjoys the tranquility of the action of fishing, so mm-hmm. she's not using anything to fish, which is sort of, um, if you... I feel like we, that tracks. Yeah. As, <laughs> that tracks for Lisa. Yeah, it does not track with last week's fried shrimp for dinner on, on board the alien spaceship. True. <laughs> but it does track with future Lisa right. as, we are, as we are moving forward. And Bart gets a bite, so he starts to haul in. He says, "He says we're gonna eat tonight." And I thought for a second, "Oh, it sounds like they're actually fishing for sustenance here." <laughs> yeah, I think he was just saying it. And cause... as he uh, as he pulls out the fish, we mm-hmm. get introduced first to for the first time to Blinky. Blinky. Yes, the orange. He's orange, right? Yep. And the orange fish with three eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like a goldfish. Yes, with three eyes. Yes, uh, and this uh, investigative reporter immediately clearly seizes upon this opportunity to uh, report that, as he saw in the scene, the uh, nuclear plant is dumping its waste into the water and it is mutating. The uh, animals. He counts the eyes. He's like one, two, <laughs> three, and gives the. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives him a spin after every count. Uh, he goes, one, spins the fish around. Well, two, spins the fish around. See, if that was me, I would lose count at that uh, spinning him. Oh, I see. 
<laughs> I would I would forget which one I counted. I hate having to count stuff. I Me have too. to count people coming to programs for work sometimes. And do like, they give you a clicker? They do give me a clicker, okay. but then I wonder if I click them or not. I, yeah, <laughs> I have the same problem. It, I, mm-hmm. I it, it, and the, like the worst is like birthday candles. So like I always have to arrange them in an order. Oh. Either like in a like in a full circular pattern, mm-hmm. or I have to do like rows and uh, columns of. Uh, of candles, candles to make sure so you can that count I, them easier yeah, yes. well i have news for you i really don't care how many candles you put on my birthday cake as long as there's cake oh good <laughs> sounds good thanks one candle extra cake yeah okay one uh, candle on every cake and a car in every garage oh boy um sounds good uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> nice thank you <laughs> So, uh, moving on with the scene, uh, when I say that it becomes clear that he seizes on this opportunity, uh, we know this because the newspapers start printing. Yep. Uh, and one of the uh, one of the headlines from the newspapers was very clever. It said "fission hole" or "fission hole." Fission hole, hole as yeah. As a nuclear fission. So I wrote that down. Um, and we then cut to a scene with the Simpsons eating breakfast. Yep, they're eating breakfast. And that's all I know. <laughs> Is this when Homer starts complaining about President's Day? Hey, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the scene opens up with Marge saying, thankfully, that Mary Bailey is finally going to do something about oh, the nuclear plant. Yes. Yes. So this is kind of when we realize that the story that Dave Shutton published is, is, is causing problems for the plant. Uh-huh. And... And, and the that's, governor. That's when we learn that Mary Bailey is the governor. That's right. And Homer uh, then starts to complain. He says, I have things that I would do, better things to do with my time. And she's like, like what? He's like, but not making sure that Washington's birthday and Lincoln's yeah. birthday are separate fa- paid holidays again. President's Day. Yeah. What a <laughs> what? shame. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, you got a point, Homer. Let's... More more paid holidays for uh for us, I, we really need some paid holidays between like the February timeline and yeah. the July Fourth timeline, or really like the uh, uh, Memorial Day. Uh, yeah, timeline. Let's think about that. Nothing in April. I mean, there's Easter. There's, there's but Easter, that's not, but that's not a paid holiday necessarily because no. it's a Ugh. Sunday. I'm not even drinking beer. I'm drinking soda pop. I was drinking beer earlier, but um. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Anything else about paid holidays on Sunday? No. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, we uh, uh, we're moving along in the story here, and Homer has to get into work, uh, and so he goes into work. He walks mm-hmm. into the break room, apparently, which is the first thing he does. He gets there super late. Yes, uh, and all the guys have gone through the box of donuts. Yeah, and they only have old-fashioned cake donuts left. Yeah, he's really not happy which, about that. Which, frankly, Homer. That's the best kind of donut, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I think the the best kind of donuts are plain glazed donuts. Yeah, but like yeast donuts, right? Uh huh. Okay, I, I'll I'll see that. I would prefer a glazed cake donut over a plain glazed donut. I just broke my pen, but um, <laughs> are you okay over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um. <laughs> No, I, I, uh, we, we often get donuts in our office. Yeah. Y'all get donuts all the time. Well, it's not because the management is buying them. It's because people, (laughs) 
people go decide they want a donut and just bring in a dozen and put them in the break room. That is the classic. I'm the re, that is the classic reason to bring in donuts to the office. Yeah, I want donuts. Therefore, I'm gonna get a bunch. I will be a good Samaritan yeah. and bring donuts in for everybody. And by that, I'm gonna I will, stop anyway. I will have to get donuts. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, yeah. So. The ones that are always left for us are like the vanilla frosted and the strawberry frosted. Those oh, are really? almost always the ones that are left at the last. Uh, y'all, there is a duck donuts close to us. Um, and first of all, if you haven't had duck donuts, <laughs> they're, so good. they're pretty dang good. They make them like when you order them. You um, have to eat them fresh. That's the hard part. I mean, yes, you, they are definitely better uh, if you eat them fresh because they because they make them like I said when you order them, mm-hmm. so you walk out of there with hot donuts. Um, but they make a blueberry frosted donut, which is like my favorite donut. Uh, well, from the place there, I my favorite. I already said my favorite donut is a plain right. glaze, but a yeast but, donut. Duck donuts is exclusively cake. Yes, they definitely are. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, you just said vanilla frosting and. Um, uh, strawberry frost, uh, frosted and it made me think about that blueberry frosting that makes me get real chubby over Whoa. here. <laughs> Whoa! Well, if I had known, I would have gotten you more donuts. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, have all the donuts in the world! <laughs> yeah. Uh, we like donuts. <laughs> Probably a little too much. <laughs> but... Uh, Basically, what I'm saying is, Homer, be appreciative. Whatever. You just listening to us. You can't get mad about us being fat if you can't even see us. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, uh, it, they are, uh, Homer is at work, and then over the loudspeaker comes Mr. Burns, because guess what? Because of all the hubbub and because of Mary Bailey. The government inspectors here, are here coming. Comes, yes, the inspectors. What was that voice that Mr. Burns was using? Uh, uh, I don't know. Did that not sound weird to you? Oh, I don't know. Okay. But he sounded weird this whole episode to he me. He did, yeah. But like when he first started talking, I was like, is that Smithers trying to impersonate Mr. Burns? Or oh. it was it was a very strange sounding Mr. Burns. Well, it was definitely distorted because of the speaker system. Right, but um, he sounded it wasn't his normal like mm, it was more like uh-huh. he was like more peppy. It was weird. Oh. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really notice, but uh, I, I guess whatever strange strangeness it was in the moment, I really just can't get down. Uh, I just sort of uh, wrote it off as um, not only was he over the speaker system, but he was over the speaker system from the uh, from the uh, guard booth out front. So it right. was probably like an extra crappy connection. <laughs> I guess so. But I, I don't know. I didn't think of that. But well, that it just, just it, he just sounded odd. Uh huh. To the point where I didn't know who was supposed to be speaking until we saw him. Mm. Well, uh, he finishes uh, speaking, and they they pan out to reveal they have hung uh, banners out in front of the nuclear plant that say "Welcome Government Inspectors." Yeah. <laughs> And the inspectors pull up in a car, and it's not revealed until later. But did you notice that there were some flags on the car? I no, I don't think I did. Uh-huh. I noticed a flag later. Yeah, one of those flags is the same flag that is revealed later as the state flag. Um, okay. And uh, it, it becomes it's kind like of, the one with a star on it. Yeah, okay. it's kind of prominent in uh, it's kind of prominent in the episode because it's in. Later in Burns' political ad. Yeah. And it's uh, flying above 
uh, it's flying beneath it's flying beneath the American flag in a scene like on a pole. I don't remember exactly where it was. Uh-huh. But uh anyway, it's like I think it's green and orange or red with a star in the middle. Yeah, it kind of looks like what I think off the top of There's my some head is like too. the Taiwanese flag. Maybe uh. no no, maybe the Vietnamese flag. Doesn't the Vietnamese flag have a red star and then colored stripes? I don't know. On it. Um but uh anyway, so uh we don't know yet, but that is in fact the state flag in whatever state Yes. The, oh, I'm sorry. The Vietnamese flag is a red ground with a yellow star. Um, oh, okay. So it was kind of that. This had like stripes a la the Russian flag, for lack of a better yes, three, example. Yes. Three, hor- uh, three, three horizontal, horizontal stripes, stripes uh-huh. and a black star. Yes. And there's a, there is a, um, there's a slogan there's on writing, the flag. There's writing, yeah. It says, not like any other state. Yeah. So we... Uh, as they arrive, the inspectors, of course, find multiple uh, infractions mm-hmm. at do you the want, nuclear plant. Do you want to hear what they are? Uh, yes. Okay. Their Geiger counters go off uh, before they even enter yes. the plant. <laughs> Geiger counters on, and then they're all going... <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> Not great. Um, there's gum used to seal a crack in the cooling tower. Mm-hmm. There's plutonium rod being used as a paperweight, which is <laughs> funny. Um, there's pipes leaking radioactive waste that is acidic enough to burn a hole through a clipboard. Uh, I believe Mr. Burns at that moment says, oh, that's always been like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the monitoring station is unmanned because Homer's sleeping. Uh-huh. Um, there is a part of the plant flooded with waste and, uh, Mr. Burns's attempt to bribe the chief's inspector. That's something that's wrong with the plant too. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah so uh that's the next plot point really is that mr burns uh brings the chief and he says can i see you in my office for a moment and walks in and says oh who left this pile of money thousands and thousands of dollars just sitting on the table well smithers why don't we head out and we'll just hope that this money goes back to where it's supposed to go and burns goes out the door closes it for a moment opens it back up and the inspector's just standing there arms folded and <laughs> the inspector says uh, if I didn't know any better, Mr. Burns, I would say that you were trying to offer me a bribe. And Burns mm-hmm. says, it, so he says, is there any, is there any question about what's happening here? And then like start stuffing the money in the man's pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he, well, at one point he's like, oh, Smithers, we, there's this pile of money here. And then he's like, let's step out in, outside and maybe I, the money will be gone. Did I you just 10, say that? 10,000% said that. Like I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been looking for the flag on Frankie X, so I'm sorry. I was not, <laughs> I was not listening to you. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, uh, he attempts to bribe the inspector. Yes, he does. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that that totally tracks with um, Mr. Burns' attitude that he is smarter than and better than everyone mm-hmm. else. Based off of his, uh, based off of his money, his um, uh, his fortune, right? Um, because he seems to think in this moment that the inspector is speaking literally. When when the inspector says, "If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were trying to offer me a bribe." Uh, yes, <laughs> like you idiot, I am trying to offer yeah. you a bribe. I found the flag. It's green, red, white, and there's a blue star. Sorry, I thought it was black earlier. That's okay. And I'm sorry, I repeated my. <laughs> Like verbatim, too. (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) Uh, So, 
Mr. Burns, uh, upon the failure of uh, bribing the inspector, um, gets Smithers into his office and says, oh, how much could it possibly be here? And let me tell you something, y'all. I was feeling Mr. Burns in this because he was saying, like, you know, a little bit of paint here, some spackle there. Mm -hmm. We have a mirror. Oh, my God. That we have been trying to put up <laughs> in this house for weeks. I mean, weeks. It's that a was nightmare. Caitlin thumping her head up against the yes. microphone is what you just heard. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> We, so essentially, basic, uh, essentially, this is a, I, I don't mind saying it out loud. This is a Moen mirror. And no, it's not. It's Kohler. Oh, it's Kohler. That's right. Or, or Moen's fossil. Oh, yeah. Well, the fossil was a pain. It's Kohler. Kohler fucking sucks. Uh, Come at me. And so, but in, are you okay over there? <laughs> uh, in short, uh, to screw in the top screws, like you cannot use a regular screwdriver. You have to be a contortionist. No, it's you're so no, not stupid. You. you don't have to be the screwdriver. The screwdriver has to be a contortionist, and so like it just says, "Well, just screw them in in the instructions." But you cannot. You do literally it. cannot do it with a regular drill. It's infuriating. And so we have tried to put this stupid thing up seriously now six different times. Mm -hmm. And every time we have to go back in there and take it back down, we have to put in spackle, wait a day, put in more spackle, wait a day, paint, paint it, it, wait a day. And then try again. And then try again. Uh, and so I was feeling Mr. Burns here, but in, you know, Mr. Burns was saying, well, it shouldn't be too much work. It shouldn't be too, too bad, which is exactly what we thought. Trying, trying to put up the stupid color mirror. Yep. Um, and, and then it says, or then he, uh, Smithers, I think, tells him that there's 342 violations. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I think the inspector says that early on. But then uh, when they're calculating these 342 violations, Mr. Uh, Smithers calculates out the amount of money in, I think it's $56 million. $56 million. $56 yep. million is how much it's going to cost. And uh, Mr. Burns is clearly... Uh, just shocked taken taken aback this yeah. not expecting it to be nearly as much as he he thought it or this is way more than he thought it would mm -hmm. cost to get the plan up to code so he does something that you don't see a whole lot out of mr burns he just says shots shot 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 shots yeah he, he says he tells smithers to leave yeah and then he just pulls out he starts drinking yeah what's he drinking in there what do you think it is oh it's something very old-fashioned it's in a it's in a crystal. It's in a, a it's in a decanter. decanter. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I mean, given Mr. Burns' status, I think it's cognac. Yeah, I was gonna say like a port, a cognac, mm -hmm. something along those lines. Yeah, given that he was pouring it into a shot glass, I'm assuming that it's gonna be hard liquor. Right. Uh, so that's what I was going with with sure. cognac. At the very least, a very good brandy. Mm -hmm. Um, if if it was if this cartoon was made today. I would say it could be Pappy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or some other like super high dollar. Super fancy uh, liquor. A bourbon. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in the in the 90s, I, uh, somebody is, as rich as Mr. Burns, I doubt is drinking bourbon. He's probably drinking a cognac. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, for sure. Crevassier. Oh, yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, VSOP, that's that's one of the top ones, right? <laughs> I have no idea. No, he's drinking like, he's probably drinking like the Napoleon. <laughs> I don't know anything about cognac, except that we do have some because you were cooking with it at one point. That's right. Yeah. Maybe he's just drinking some cooking sherry. I was using it to flambe. And, uh, I, oh, that's right. We almost burned down our house. I, I That's not true. <laughs> I was making people thought we were going to burn down our house. That's true. I, I will say that the flame went way higher than I expected it to. Uh, I was making cocoa vin, 
uh, which is just chicken and wine sauce, but mm-hmm. uh, it does call for flambe. And so I poured in the cognac and lit it up and it went about two feet above it the sure vent did. on our stove. <laughs> and we were Facebook living it when we were doing it. And it was just like, well, at people, least if this, people are concerned. <laughs> at least if this is the end. Everyone Go out will, in a bet with everyone, a bang. Everyone will get to see it. So, yeah. um, can't get down. Um, oh my god! Sorry, <laughs> Leo. Get out. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Mr. Burns uh, is drinking alone in the office, uh, and we cut to Homer. It, uh, so, we get this little <laughs> scene where Mr. Burns starts drinking at like I don't know four p.m. or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's nine thirty at night. Yeah. Um, the clock but we shifts. We see the clock, yeah. Yeah, and then after the clock shifts, we sh- we cut to Homer, who is asleep at the station again. He wakes up and realizes it's nine thirty, and goes, "Oh!" <laughs> Immediately calls Marge. Uh huh. Good, good, Homer. Good. Yeah, good. These twelve-hour shifts really are doing me in. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then he st- he walks out to leave the plant, go home, and as he's walking out, he hears Mr. Burns crying in, in his car. Did you recognize the song that Mr. Burns was singing? Yeah. What was it? Uh, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? It's like an old Depression era song, but there's been lots and lots of covers of it. It's like kind oh. of a, a standard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're saying it's not from Annie? It is not from Annie. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's a, it is an actual song. Um, so uh, at any rate, Mr. Burns is singing in his car. He's crying mm-hmm. and uh, Homer goes over to check on yeah, him. Yeah, there's kind of like a montage of him like just kind of wandering around singing that song and mm-hmm. then he gets into his car and as homer comes over to check on him uh he scares mr burns which is normally the case if you approach mr burns in the car i think people would eventually learn this about <laughs> about him uh and uh he starts to speak with homer he says oh you're working late and he says yes sir <laughs> uh and uh this endears him to mr mr burns who has him come sit in the car and they have a conversation about what's happening with the plant mm-hmm. and Mr. Burns says that if he was governor, he could make the regulations. He said, but no honest person has enough money to run for office. Mm -hmm. Homer says, you have enough money Mm -hmm. to run for office. (laughs) Uh, And this gives Mr. Burns the idea. Yeah, basically Homer gives Mr. Burns the idea that he should run for governor. Yep. And uh, so he does. He's going to run for governor. And I believe the next thing we see is Mr. Burns is going to assemble his team, right? Yes. So they're uh, like at the boardroom in the boardroom. He has he has two sets of people in his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first set of people are people who are designed or whose intentions it is to improve his image. Yes. So he has like a physical trainer. Yeah. Uh, and some some other members of that team. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them all. I don't either. Uh, but then uh, they explain that the problem is not just that people think about him as awful. They think about his opponent, Mary Bailey, mm-hmm. as Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so he has a promotion team for himself and a smear team. For uh, her. I remember one of the uh, one of the members of the team was his muckraker. Uh-huh. And yeah, I don't remember all of them either, but they go down the line and it's just like this, 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 this. All this. these all these guys look like uh well all all the guys on the on the smear team look like uh they look like used car salesmen. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. And uh, so they uh, set and get to uh, set and get to work, uh, and uh, one of the uh, they cut into a montage where Homer, uh, see my Homer, Mr. Burns is going on campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn at some point in here that Marge is that Homer intends to vote for Mr. Burns, 
but mm-hmm. that Marge is it's still sticky. a Bailey supporter. Yeah, she's a Bailey booster. Yes. <laughs> um, we also see Jasper and Grandpa. They're yep. sitting in the retirement castle yep. watching TV, and it cuts to the p- political ad for Mr. Burns. Right. So before we get to the political ad, as we're going through this montage here, and we get a couple of get a couple of pretty good ads, uh, gags. Uh, the first one that we get is uh, his campaign manager comes to Mr. Burns and says, Oh, you shot up six points. And Mr. Burns goes, Oh, that's great. He says, So what is what does that put us at? And he goes, Six. Yeah. <laughs> I think he said votes. Or like you I, I think th- he said I, I think it was six points in the polls. Okay. Well, yeah, that's six. And then um the next thing that we see is uh the, the newspaper reports that Burns uh skyrockets is the word I think it uses. Mm-hmm. Burns skyrockets seven points. And in that moment, you can't help but think, given the previous joke, do they mean that it has skyrocketed to 13 points? Or is it just one more point to seven? I'm assuming they meant one more point to seven. And uh, by the time that we get uh, to the end of the montage, uh, Mr. Burns is getting ready to go into his political ad, which apparently is going to be a live ad. Well, and and, uh, also something that one of the, the people one of his advisors, I guess you could call them, brings mm-hmm. up is the issue of Blinky and that Blinky has been published, you know, pretty much everywhere yeah, in the yeah, newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's a problem they need to address. Yeah. This is Mr. Burns bugaboo. To mm-hmm. use a word that I've used in this house a couple of times this week <laughs> that I don't commonly use. <laughs> oh, I wasn't here when you said that. I 1,000% 1, <laughs> were because I asked you. I said, what is your what is your spelling bugaboo? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Maintenance, label, barrel. <laughs> Those remember, are my three. I don't remember what the word was I told you. Uh, I don't remember either, but I think you were writing it in that moment. Yeah, so that's I why was, you asked yeah, me. I was trying to, I was trying to write, write it down. It was making, Renaissance. No, I'm, oh. I'm fine with Renaissance. Oh. No, it's some easy word. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. a wiener. W I E N E R. I have good news. W-E-I- it's acceptable both ways. Oh boy. Thanks Martin. You're welcome. Uh, and, uh, so we cut into this, uh, is what's going to be a apparently live political ad. And Grandpa and Jasper are watching. Lots of people are watching. Mm-hmm. And um, Mr. Burns does. He pulls a Mayor Quimby here is what he does. Uh, he pulls a Mayor Quimby in a couple of ways. Oh, I forgot we went to uh, Moe's and uh, Barney and Moe yeah, are watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Plus the barflies. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, uh, he is actually live on, on camera before he realizes mm-hmm. he's live. And so in a very Mayor Quimby fashion, he says what he actually thinks when he thinks the microphone is off. Right. And so he says, you know, every slack jawed yokel or whatever it is in this town. Uh, lunch pale Johnny, I think is what he says. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just saw it over, um, over here. So. And uh, he realizes that, excuse me, he, he realizes that he's live uh, and he goes, oh, yes, hello. And uh, he pulls out Blinky in a fishbowl and long story short, he goes on about how he can suffer the slings and arrows of politics, but leave my poor, innocent, delicious friend mm-hmm. Blinky out of it. And you see the tide start to turn with all the people that are watching. So mm-hmm. Moe and Barney approve of Burns. Grandpa and Jasper Approve of Burns. Homer approves of Burns. This is where we hear Marge is still a Bailey booster, I think. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> he brings out an actor playing Charles Darwin. That's right. Yes, he sounds an awful lot like Sideshow Mel. <laughs> Which is so weird. <laughs> he talks about the elephant. He's like, what would they say about this elephant? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Here's, here's, how you know, here's how you know that this is not actually in Savannah. Is that if you are a political candidate in the Deep South, uh, and you bring Charles Darwin on, no, that would never that fly. would not be good. Never ever. There are way too many lunch pal Johnnies uh, who would immediately think that you hate America if you even reference Darwin uh, yeah. in a political campaign. Uh, so, <laughs> woof. Okay, let's keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, hold on. What did I say? Oh, yeah. So, Mr. Burns. Sorry, it, I'm reading my notes. So, he, he's he, at the very end of this campaign, he says, you know, leave my poor friend Blinky out of this, right? And then we cut to, I think now is when we cut to uh, parts of the Bailey campaign. Uh, or maybe that's during Mr. Burns' montage as well. Either way, we learn that uh, Bailey... Uh, says that she plans to focus on the voters' good sense. Uh, so what we have here is we have Mr. Burns, who is playing to the fears and playing to the uh, the lowest common denominator in Springfield. Yeah, so she says, My worthy opponent seems to think that the voters of this state are gullible fools. I, however, prefer to rely on their intelligence and good judgment. Mm -hmm. And then one of the reporters says, Oh, that's a bold strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody goes, Interesting strategy. Good yeah. luck. Yeah, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for her. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, you know, it kind of seems like it's not going to pay off for her because Mr. Burns continues to climb. And she continues to fall in the polls. Uh, and it comes down to an evening where they are going to finally confront this blinky bugaboo. Mm -hmm. And that's going to occur with a dinner at the Simpson household. Right. Well, they want to have a dinner with a, f a family, a plain mm -hmm. family. And they're kind of like looking at it, people on the security camera and they're like, who can we pick? Who mm -hmm. can we pick? And then there's Homer just standing there, literally like scratching his butt, eating donuts and burping. Right. And they're like, ah, yes, that's our man. Yeah. Is there somebody, what is it? Is somebody plain enough, mediocre enough, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and there he is. <clears throat> yep. On the, on the camera doing what Homer does. And so uh, we cut to a scene with the Simpsons eating breakfast, and Homer says, oh, this is great toast, Marge. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm just scrolling through, and at one point, um, Mr. Burns refers to the citizens of Springfield as Joe Meatball and Sally Housecoat. <laughs> <laughs> just, wow. That's, that just makes me laugh. <laughs> Every Sally Housecoat. <laughs> Do you think he's talking about the moo moo? <laughs> Probably. Um, so at any rate, um, uh, 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 Mr. Burns or Homer says while he's eating Marge's toast, just sort of really offhand and not sort of offhand. And he just offhand and says, oh, by the way, Mr. Burns is coming to dinner. Uh, and she says, no, uh, because I'm going to be out uh, knocking on doors for Bailey mm -hmm. that, that night. And Homer does his best to convince her and, uh, he does. He does. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. 
Yeah. So then like all of his advisors come in and they're talking to the family Mm -hmm. and one of them pulls out a card that's at, uh, and he asks Lisa, he says, do you think you can memorize this by dinner tomorrow? And Lisa reads the card and it says, Mr. Burns, your campaign seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. Why are you so popular? Yeah. So they, (laughs) they're feeding the lines to the Simpsons, even though Mm -hmm. half of that family does not support this candidate. Right. And you know, the, uh, it's just like, it's so, it's so common and it has been very common recently to refer to a campaign, like as a train, as a freight train. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, people say, you know, so in, in my line of work, I talk about the 18th century all the time. Right. And I talk about themes of the 18th century all the time and people will be like, Oh man, it's like you could say all that today, right? Well, here we have another one of those instances where this show that aired in 1990, so 32 years ago, is putting forward a political-based uh, plot, mm-hmm. and it's it 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 it, it echoes so uh, it echoes so strongly here in 2022. Yeah, this this episode aged well yes Um, you know normally we say it did not age well this episode aged well mm -hmm. um along the same lines of when the the guy is asking lisa if she can memorize the question she's like well can i ask my own question can i ask mr burns um she says can i ask him to assuage my fears that he's contaminating the planet in a manner that will one day render it uninhabitable and the guy goes no, no. <laughs> the card question's fine. Just, just read what's on the card. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much that's pretty much what's going to happen. Yep. So uh, we get to Sunday. I think it's a Sunday night. Mr. Burns is coming up to dinner. Uh, he's walking to the house, and he uh, he's bringing something with him. He says what it is. I don't remember what it is. Uh oh, it was something weird. It was um oh, I can't remember. Sorry. What was I that? Know, I don't know what that is. Oh, that's the that's the refrigerator. It started making noise. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Our ice maker is, is weird and making noise. Loud. And even though we have turned it off, uh, it's, I turned it back on last night. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's making noise again. <laughs> My fault. Um, but uh, so Mr. Burns comes into the household, but before he comes in, uh, Santa's little helper comes out and jumps on him and starts licking him, uh, and then they get the dog off of him, and, and then, then Snowball, Snowball comes Two out. comes out. <laughs> Jumps on him and is also licking him. I don't know if you saw that she was yeah. licking him. And he finally gets up. Comes oh, Snowball's in. a girl? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, most of the time in cartoons, especially like in this era, at least. Uh, I think I remember Snowball 2 being like, I mean, Snowball 1 is a girl, I think. I, I it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, they like Mr. Burns. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so Mr. Burns gets up, comes into the house. They're sitting at the table. They're eating what I guess is a salad beforehand. And Mr. Burns looks around the table at the Simpsons eating. And they're eating like the Simpsons eat. Hunched over their food. Mm-hmm. Um, Bart is asked to say grace before this. He does a poor job of it, as you probably expect. He basically says, thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yes, Mr. Burns uh, laughs it off. It says, uh, that's all right. Bart says, oh, we paid for this. We got it. I don't see why we're thanking you for anything. Blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Burns says, oh, only a young boy could get away with such a blasphemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and laughs him off. 
And uh, Lisa asks her, or Homer asks his carded question. Mm-hmm. Then Lisa asks. I'm reading with the card, like yes. right in front of his face. Uh, and then Lisa asks her question in as, uh, oh, as passive a way as possible, as disinterested a way as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, Mr. Burns starts going off on his answer, his clearly planned answer. Lisa gets up, comes into the kitchen, and it's just like, that felt awful. Mm-hmm. And uh, she complains to Marge, saying, we're just basically pawns in this. And Marge says, Lisa, you're learning a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she says two lessons. I don't remember what the first one was, I think. But the second one. No, that- she just says, uh, she says, Lisa, you're learning many lessons tonight. And one of them is to always give your mother the benefit oh, of the go. doubt. Yeah. And she walks in. Marge is walking in with a covered dish. Mm-hmm. Walks into the uh, the dining room. Everyone is sitting there. And she plops down the tray in front of Mr. Burns, uncovers the dish. And what did she make for dinner but Blinky. Blinky. So, yes. Barge, or Bart was Barge. Barge? <laughs> That's uh, the, the portmanteau of Martin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bart and Marge. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. I know what you were going to say. Bart was, in fact, fishing for sustenance. Yes, he was. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so it's revealed there are gasps in the room. She cuts off a piece for Mr. Burns to, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, enjoy. She cuts off the head. Uh-huh. That's like, that's ballsy. Yeah. That's yeah, ballsy, but, Marge. You know, if, if there's going to be flavor anywhere in that fish, is going to be in the head. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um... Fish My heads, grandma used fish, to serve heads. Roly poly fish heads. <laughs> fish heads, fish heads. Eat them up. Yum. You've never heard that song before? Uh-uh. Ask a fish head anything you want to. <laughs> they won't answer. They can't talk. <laughs> Has anybody heard that song? Oh, yeah. I had that on a CD. Oh, okay. Um,. My grandma used to cook fish and serve them heads on. Uh huh. And boy, howdy, was that not my cup of tea. <laughs> I went to, uh, when I was little, we went to a restaurant in Atlanta that was not, that is no longer there called the Boston Sea Party. I remember arguing with my mother because I was like, it's the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> and she was like, no, it's called the Boston Sea Party. <laughs> and I said, no, it's the Boston Tea Party. Anyway, uh, we went there for somebody's birthday. I think my uncle's birthday. And when we got our food, I got a lobster. Uh, everybody got a lobster. And what they would do is they'd bring the lobster out uh, on the plate. Then they would take the lobster, they'd pick it up and break off the torso and set it standing up. So your little lobster friend was half like sitting up <laughs> looking at you. <laughs> well, while you were uh, while you were getting ready to uh, indulge in it. And I remember very clearly as we were driving home, um, again, I'm pretty sure it was my uncle. He was like, I just put it up on the plate for you to just sit and look at. <laughs> um, which I guess really wasn't all that like off-putting. I mean, I've eaten live lobster, or whole lobster before. Mm-hmm. Like it's either, if, if it's not sitting up on the plate, it's laying down mm-hmm. on the plate, eyes and all. Mm-hmm. But anyway... So Mr. Burns uh, gets served the fish head, and he takes a bite, and he is everyone's watching to see what happens. And he 
are you okay? Yeah, sorry. I was trying to coordinate something with uh, our, one of our friends oh. who is. It's fine. Okay. It's handled. Okay. I was I was texting while Robert was talking, and it got it was annoying him. Uh, <laughs> he's been doing it for a long time. <laughs> right. No, it's fine. Keep going. Okay. I don't know where I was. Mr. Burns is eating. That's what it is. Mr. Burns is uh, eating, and he starts chewing. Uh huh. And Blinky tastes bad. That's right. And he he can't. He that's right. He just cannot help himself. And as uh, he attempts to ingest Blinky, he ends up by reaction spitting him out spits the thing out it flies over the entirety of the table homer even is on the opposite end of the table looks up it like launches across like over homer's head it's pretty Mm -hmm. funny because it's in slow motion and the media descends upon this thing snapping pictures and uh they actually run out of the room after having snapped a bunch of pictures before it even hits the ground over Mm -hmm. across the way and the campaign manager says something to the effect of ruin before it even hits the ground. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so Mr. Burns campaign is already ruined. They run out to the phones that are outside the Simpson household, start making their calls. Dave Shutton's there. Oh, is he there? Mm -hmm. I didn't notice. Uh, One of the uh, reporters says, Mr. Burns can't swallow his own story. And, um, we uh, cut back inside the Simpson household where Mr. Burns was doing his best to save the campaign, but it's lost. His mm-hmm. entire camp, his campaign managers walk out of the house when Burns is trying to get them to save things. Mr. Burns is so mad he starts thrashing in the only in, in Mr. Burns' very weak way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Simpson household. He has to get Mr. Smithers' help to turn over an end table. Mm-hmm. I think that was the same table that. Uh, Bart was jumping off of, and Bart jumps. Oh, you think so? Yep. Oh, or jumping okay. Bart, whichever, however that that uh, short is titled. Uh, um, and then uh, Mr. Burns, as he walks out, uh, turns around and says to Homer, it will be my mission to make sure that all of your dreams go unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And we immediately cut to Homer and Marge in bed, and Homer saying, dreams unfulfilled? That sounds, that sounds really bad. That sounds mm-hmm. terrible. But Marge comforts him in a very good way. And this, uh, I wrote down um, uh, Homer's biggest dreams is the note I wrote down. Uh, because Homer's dreams, not in this they use the phrasing biggest dreams, but mm-hmm. in other places in the series they'll use the phrase lifelong dream. Mm-hmm. My lifelong dream was to eat, the, your, your lifelong dream was to eat the world's biggest ho- hokey, mm-hmm. and you did it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh here, uh, he says, my dream, you know, my dreams, you know, that sounds really bad. And Marge says, well, Homer, when a man's biggest dreams is second on dessert, uh, and there are a couple of other things that she says. Seconds on dessert, uh-huh. occasional snuggling, and sleeping till noon on weekends. Mm-hmm. No one man can destroy them. Yeah. Yep. And that's it. That's I, it. Cut to credits. It, it, immediately to credits. Um I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's quite a season one ending. Oh, but it, I thought so. Oh, it was it was pretty abrupt. I, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, like when I saw the the one production code, I was like, "Aha, mm-hmm. uh, this makes sense," because it because compared to the other three episodes in this season, I mean, um, I guess you could really say two episodes because Treehouse of Horror is kind of its own animal. Uh huh. Um, I was like, "Yeah, that that seems." Like a season one ending to me. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Well, you know, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty abrupt. Um, but, uh, I think overall I, I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed the episode just because of its, I don't know. I mean, are these, are, I mean, I guess, you know, corrupt politicians are, is a universal theme. Um, perhaps, uh, perhaps these are like American archetypes, you know, the very rich man who wants to run for, uh, for office based solely on the fact that he's protecting his own trying interests. to benefit himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not enjoy this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've been beaten to death with this kind of stuff for the past six years. And I just didn't, it didn't, I did not connect to it whatsoever. Well, there's one thing that you cannot deny. There was a lot of front facing Mr. Burns in this episode. <laughs> A lot. I honestly did not notice that. Yo, there was a, I have no idea how you couldn't have noticed it. Like, like every scene had like full on like seconds worth okay. of front facing Mr. Oh, Burns. Oh, and they showed the, um, they were like showed a computer rendering of what he was going to look like after like the team was done with him. And it was like kind of this Davy Crockett, mm-hmm. you know, like daniel boone-esque character and he's like what am i doing why are my teeth showing like that and they're like you're you're smiling (laughs) 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 yeah so i mean there was that too there was smiling mr burns but also i guess from facing mr burns i i honestly did not pay attention to that i i feel like i've been uh talking down on this season so far but this episode i was just i i was i was happy when the credits started rolling honestly (laughs) wow (laughs) well and we haven't talked about how the fact like this uh apparently uh, i haven't seen this movie i don't think you have seen this movie but apparently the plot is very much like citizen kane um yeah i definitely have not seen that movie yeah no and and i just i want to watch the simpsons to laugh not to be reminded of the bullshit of the current world. <laughs> so here we are. Okay. Well, I think that'll wrap everything up for us here today. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to, we would appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button and you will get a new episode from us every week on Wednesday at 7.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Whatever the fuck that might mean in the next couple of years here in the United States. Who knows? Speaking of, uh, if you, people if you, getting elected to protect their own interests. If you are one of those, um, if you are one of those uh, people who do not listen to our, our shows from the United States, you may not know that the uh, the U.S. Senate has just recently unanimously unanimously passed a bill that would put us into daylight saving time uh, ad nauseum ad mm. infinitum. Uh, so when we wake up in the morning during the winter time, uh, we'll have a full two hours before we see the first peak of daylight here Hooray! on the East Coast. Uh, so yes, I'm complaining about that. <laughs> um, also, uh, sundials will forever be wrong. Uh, anyway, that being said, you don't have to worry about that for a long time for us because we'll be here again every week, Wednesday morning at 7.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media, Instagram and Facebook at Escalator to Nowhere Pod, and also on Twitter at Esk to Nowhere Pod. If you'd like to send us an email, we'd love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out to us at EscalatorToNowherePod at gmail.com. Calm. Thank you so much for listening. And oh, what's the next episode? Oh, I don't even know. Hold on. Uh oh. There's Blinky right there. Uh huh. Hold on. There's a tab.
I know. Okay. Oh, that's right. It's Dancing Homer. Dancing Homer. Uh huh. So be sure to join us next week for Dancing Homer. Uh, I don't think there's any modern politics in Dancing Homer. Oh, good. I know that one. That one sounds funnier than this <laughs> one did. Okay. It's, uh, well, I'm sorry. Like, uh, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> Marge Grumble. <laughs> Are you okay over there? Yes, I'm fine. Okay. Well, until next week, I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. I'm a Season Simpsons fan. I'm still learning. All right. Let's roll that closing music. Smell you later. Bye. Bye.